Let's take our Bibles this morning, be turning to 1 Peter, and we'll be in the fifth chapter of 1 Peter. Good to see you today, good to have guests with us today, and appreciate you worshiping with us. We're going to look at a very familiar uh, object lesson in the Bible. We'll have more than one message on this subject, but it's the object lesson of a shepherd and his sheep. You find it throughout the scriptures, it's very common, and God gives us these illustrations in life to help us really understand biblical truth. For instance, the parable of the sower, the sower went forth to sow the seed, we can see that and visualize spiritual truth, the seed is the word of God, the sower is sowing it, it falls on various kinds of hearts, we see in Jeremiah the picture of the Lord told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house and to look at the potter working at the wheel and molding the clay and and through that he could see how God works in Israel and how God works in lives you know the parable Jesus taught about the landowner who went away and he dispersed his property to stewards and would come back one day all these are biblical object lessons and they're not in there just to be sort of a picturesque language they're in there so we can understand biblical truths And we're going to look at one of those, begin looking at one of those, and that's the shepherd-sheep relationship. And we're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 5. So if you have that place found in your Bible and you're able to, would you stand with us for the reading of the Word of God and we'll have prayer together and get right into the Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1, Peter writes, The elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder. So just kind of a way of introduction. You know, Peter was an elder. Elder is a term that's used synonymously with pastor or bishop. They're talking about the same office, different kind of emphasis of the same office. So he's writing this to pastors or elders. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed And this is what he says to the elders or pastors, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples To the flock. Verse 4 And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory. He speaks again to the elders or pastors you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we recognize that it is the very word of God. Thank you for preserving for us your words, that we can read them and understand your will, your will for our lives individually, your will for your churches, your will for your work. And today, Father, as we look into the Scripture, I pray that you'd give us hearing hearts and that you'd speak to us through the Word of God. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I want today to really kind of look at examples throughout the Scripture of this relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. When I just when I say those words in my mind, I have this image 
of these sheep on a hillside and the shepherd watching over them. And that's exactly what God wants us to think. And he's speaking here in this text specifically to pastors, to elders, that they're to feed, he calls in verse 2, the flock. Talking about the congregation. Feed the flock. And he says in verse, we'll come back to these things, but he also says in verse 2, that the pastors are to have the oversight, to watch over, to oversee, you know, the flock. And then in verse 3 he says that there are to be examples or examples to the flock, provide leadership and direction. And then in verse 4 he refers to him, to Jesus as the chief shepherd or the, the head shepherd, the head, and Jesus is the head of the church. So he's, in this passage, just as we just kind of get into it slowly, in this passage, you have two different illustrations. One is the pastor being the shepherd, the elder of the church, the leader of the church. And you have Jesus, the chief shepherd, who is over all of his churches and all of his work. And so you have these two examples. And we're going to kind of look at both of those examples throughout the scripture today. Jesus being the chief shepherd who shepherds his flock. And, and by the way, that's such a beautiful picture. We'll develop this more in another message or two of how Jesus cares for his children. You know, he's not a, a shepherd. If you just visualize a shepherd watching sheep, the shepherd is close to those sheep, involved with those sheep, interacting with those sheep, and that's the way Jesus is with his sheep. He is the chief shepherd, but also we see the pastor, the shepherd, and the church members as sheep. And um, both of these are seen throughout the scripture. And it's, to me, it's a, you know, maybe you've never seen or maybe paid attention really to, uh, had occasion really to be around flocks of sheep and shepherds. But this picture, for those that Peter was writing to, this imagery was real to them. It was something that they were very familiar with. My wife and I have been to Israel on a couple of occasions, and even today, when you're driving around Israel, you see this played out frequently, many times in a day. You know, where there'll be a small group of sheep and there'll be a shepherd maybe just uh, taking them down a roadside, maybe up on a hillside where they're feeding. And you even see places where there's little huts out in the fields where the shepherds are out there watching the sheep at night. This is, for us, this is sort of kind of something we're not familiar with, it's not common, but it's very common. And these, these readers understood exactly what Peter was trying to communicate. And what is that? That God is a shepherd over his people and that the local church is shepherding by a pastor that's on site. Let me just give you some other examples throughout the Old Testament. I'm just going to read a few texts. From, from Psalm 95, for instance, we have these words. For he is our God... And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. In Psalm 79, so we thy people and sheep of thy pasture. In Psalm 78, but made his own people to go forth like sheep. Psalm 100, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I think we get the idea. That's how God would have us to see ourselves. That's how God wanted his people to see themselves. That's how Israel saw themselves as sheep and God being their shepherd. Uh, we're not going to look at it today, but in the Gospel of John,
chapter 10, Jesus used the word sheep and shepherd more than 20 times in one passage of scripture in the gospel of John. And John, in John chapter 10, John records that Jesus said that he is the good shepherd, which is similar here to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, where Peter calls him the chief shepherd. So both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it didn't change during the time of Christ in the Gospels. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see this illustration. God is shepherding his people like a shepherd would watch over sheep. Please uh, hold your place here in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. And let's go to the Old Testament for a moment. And I'm going to be looking in Numbers chapter 27. So I hope you'll turn there with me and look with your Bible in hand there. Numbers chapter 27. And we'll read three or four verses. Again, that talks about God being the shepherd of his people and God having leaders who are his instruments to give leadership and direction to his people. Numbers chapter 27 and verse 12, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into this mount Abiram, and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, Paul is speak, uh, the Lord is speaking to Moses here. And when thou hast seen it, thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people as Aaron thy brother was gathered. So the Lord takes Moses up on this mountain and showed him into the land of Canaan, the land that Moses was attempting to bring the people of God to. And of course, because Moses disobeyed the Lord in striking the rock instead of speaking to it, he is forbidden from going in to see the land. That's Moses there in chapter 27 and verse 12 and 13. Now look in verse 15, directly after that. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And in verse 18, the Lord identified Joshua as the person who would take the responsibility that Moses has had. But the point being, you know, Moses it cannot go in. He can't lead the people in to the land, which was not, this is not the first time we see that recorded. He knew this was going to take place. But what was Moses' first concern when God said, you can't go in, go look over in the land, you can see it, but then you're going to go the same way that Aaron went, you'll be taken home to be with the Lord. And Moses' first concern was God would find a suitable replacement, someone to lead the people. And again, he says that they be, in verse, this is the same language Jesus used in the Gospels, that they be not as sheep, which have no shepherd. And that's the heart of any shepherd. The heart of God is the shepherd, that he cares about the sheep. And it's the heart of those that God gives places of responsibility and leadership in churches. They care about the sheep. So I just, I just keep going over this because I really want to ingrain this in our thinking 
that is true in the Old Testament, it's true in the New Testament, that God illustrates his relationship with his people as like a shepherd watching over sheep. And he also has those that he appoints as leaders who has, are as shepherd watching, shepherds watching over sheep. It would be good to ponder this relationship. I fear sometimes that we read about these, this imagery without really thinking about it, without really pondering the implications of it, that we are sheep and God is our shepherd, that the co congregation, the church is a flock and God is our shepherd, but also God has a shepherd who helps us. We are, and looking at this, this uh, example in, in life and agriculture, it's easy to visualize this. You know, I spent quite a bit of time, I was think, reminiscing a little this morning, uh, in my youth working with my grandfathers, working with cattle. And both of my grandfathers had herds of cattle and raised cattle, and so I spent a lot of my summers as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, working with cattle, feeding cattle, watching my grandfather who would, we would take some bales of hay out and feed the cattle, and while the cattle are coming in and eating uh, the hay, he's meandering around the cattle and looking at the cattle, making sure, number one, counting the cattle. He cares about all those cattle that they're, they're there. And, and also if there's something they need doctoring for. And so I've never really worked that much with sheep, but I'm, many of us have had a, somewhere in our past, we've really understood the relationship, how a, a, a rancher would look over his cattle or a shepherd would look over his sheep, and that's really how the Bible wants us to see our relationship to God. So having said that, I want to briefly talk about the role of shepherds and then the characteristics of sheep. This will be just a brief kind of lesson about each because we'll come back to this later. But if you go back to our text, please do if you would, 1 Peter chapter 5, what is it that the shepherds job is, their job description, what do they be involved in doing? According to the Bible, it says, for the first one mentioned in verse 2, is shepherds are to feed the flock. Now that's not the only responsibility of a shepherd, but it's one of the primary duties of a shepherd. They need nourishment. They need to be fed. You know, I don't know if you, what you think of when I mention the word pastoral. But most people, when you mention pastoral, they think of pre the preacher. They think of preaching. That's pastoral. But the, the primary definition of pastoral has to do with shepherding, not just preaching or being the leader of a church. Uh, if you were to take, just Google it sometime, not right now, just Google the word pastoral sometimes in a modern dictionary. I looked it up in Webster's 1828 dictionary. The primary definition of pastoral is this, pertaining to shepherds. Now, why is that? Because that's what one of the primary responsibilities of a pastor is, is to shepherd people. That's why they're called pastor. The pastor is a shepherd, and the shepherd is to feed the sheep. The pastor is to, and how they do that? By giving them the word of God. What is, the, what is it that feeds us? It's the word of God. And most people, when they think of a pastor or preacher, the first thing they think of, and sometimes the only thing they think of is preaching. And that's a big part of our job is to feed the flock. 
That's a pastor. He's a shepherd. He's to feed the sheep the word of God. You know, you think about this with me for a moment this morning. Sometimes you'll hear people say, you know, I love the Lord and, and I, I read the Bible, but I don't really think that I need the relationship of being in a church. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I've heard people say that more than once. And by the way, they could justify it by saying, you know, look in verse 4 here of 1 Peter 5, Jesus is the chief shepherd. I've got Jesus, and he's the chief shepherd, and he can feed the flock. But here's what they're overlooking. It was the Bible, it's the Word of God, it was Jesus that gave pastors the responsibility to feed the flock. And if a person says, well, I'm just not going to be involved in a church, or I'm not going to have a pastor, I don't really see that I need that, that's not biblical the way we're to live as Christians. God, God has given, according to His Word, pastors who will feed the flock. They're shepherds, and they're under the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd, by the way, if you look there in chapter 4 of 1 Peter 5, that when the chief shepherd comes, and by the way, he's coming, when the chief shepherd shall appear, you, talking to the pastor, shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So the chief shepherd is one day going to reward his shepherds. Now, here's a question to think about. If the job of the pastor is to feed the flock, which is what is taking place right now. If it's the job of the pastor to feed the flock, um, which, which meal times are essential or which meal times are non-essential? You, you say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, this morning at 10 o'clock, we had a good meal uh, in the Bible study in here. It was about legalism from the book of Galatians, an important thing to understand about our relationship to the law. And I, to, and I was fed by that. It was God's word being given, and I'm grateful for it. Tonight at 6 o'clock, there'll be another mealtime. The, the shepherd's going to be feeding the flock. Wednesday night's going to be another mealtime. The shepherd's going to be feeding the flock. The point is, which meals are non-essential? And to me, I think we ought to get in on every one of them we can. To get, why? Because we're being fed the Word of God. And it's not about being entertained. It's, not, it's about being fed the Word of God. And, and by the way, pastors should take seriously, and I know we take seriously, the responsibility to feed the flock. We don't just, we don't just come together and tell a lot of funny stories and try to entertain people. We're getting into the Word of God. What does the Bible say? So what do pastors do? They feed the flock. And I know that sometimes people, because of your work schedule, you can't be here on a certain schedule, a service, for instance. But you know what? We make them available online. By the way, I listen to every sermon that's preached. If I'm out of town, I listen to it. If I'm sick and can't be here, I listen to it. You know why? Because I believe the flock is being fed the Word of God by the chief shepherd giving his word through his servants, the pastors, and I, I want to be fed just like everybody else does. So pastors feed the flock, the role of shepherds. The second thing, we're still in 1 Peter 5 and verse 2. The second thing is pastors oversee the flock. Look in verse 2. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. You might under, if you're in the habit of 
underlining in your Bible. That's an, feeding the flock is an important thing to understand. And, and oversight. What does oversight mean? It means that they're looking over the flock. Like I mentioned, my grandfather, who would walk among the cattle and make sure they're doing okay, making sure the flies are not driving them crazy, making sure they're not have pink eye, making, you know, I'm just taking care, we're looking over them. He cares about the flock, so he's watching over them. By the way, the chief shepherd is always watching over us. He is. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. I believe that the, the omnipresent God is watching us at all times. But this passage in verse 2 is talking about the pastor of the congregation. He's taking the oversight thereof. Hold your place right there if you would in 1 Peter and go to the left in your Bible about 8 or 10 pages to Hebrews chapter 13. What does the pastor do? He feeds the flock and then second of all he oversees the flock. In Hebrews chapter 13, I want to read just one verse at this time. Verse 17, look at that if you would please. It says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Now watch the next words. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Here's, a, here's this talking about the pastor of a congregation they watch for your souls. They're overseers. Pastors watch for the souls of the sheep. They protect, they want to protect the flock. They want to make sure the flock is doing okay. You know, if the if so, if one of the I guarantee you, if my grandfather had a cow that was missing, he would find out, he wouldn't want to know where it is. He'd go check on it. Sometimes people get get defensive because someone says, man, I've been missing you at church, you know, are things okay, they've been, no, that's the pastor's job is to be an overseer. So the pastors feed the flock. Second of all, the pastors oversee the flock. And then the third thing is pastors, and this, we're back to 1 Peter chapter 5, pastors lead, lead the flock. In verse 3 it says of 1 Peter chapter 5, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples. Now we'll cover this more in another time, but pastors are not dictators. They're not, they're not to micromanage. They're not lords over God's heritage. They're not to be, like I said, a dictator, a tyrant. But they're being in sample to the flock. They're to give the, the they're to give sheep an example. They're to lead the flock. And again. We've got two types of, we've got the divine shepherd, God himself. We've got the human instrument that God uses to help us. But we're to follow the lead of the chief shepherd. We're to follow him. We, we sing those songs about, I will follow Jesus. We ought to be followers of Jesus. I was noticing yesterday, about 20 times in the Gospels, you find Jesus saying these two words together, follow me. We're to be followers of the shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. We're to follow him. We're to be followers of Jesus. In that, in that pastoral psalm, the 23rd psalm, that most famous of psalms perhaps, all the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He is our leader. Jesus 
Some, some people, I think you would recognize this, they have this idea of Jesus as just being a Savior that forgives us of our sins, and He is that, thank God for that, but He's also our shepherd, and He wants us to follow Him. By the same token, saints are encouraged to follow the example here in verse 3, chapter 5 of 1 Peter, to follow the example of their shepherd pastors. Pastors are being samples. There are be patterns to follow. Again, just think about these Old Testament passages. Psalm 78. He guided them in the wilderness like a flock. We were in Hebrews 13 a moment ago. Let's go back there. Again, to your left, about seven or eight, nine pages maybe. Hebrews chapter 13, just one verse about this matter of following, following the leadership. Uh, Hebrews 13 and verse... 7, it says, Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God. Remember those who've taught and preached and explained, instructed in the word of God. Notice the next three words. Whose faith follow. You know, I've heard this said. You've probably heard this said. Well, you know, we're not to follow a man. And to a degree, that's true. We're not to just be followers of men. But Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so... What, is a, what does a shepherd do? He doesn't, a shepherd just doesn't leave the flock out there on their own and go into town and, you know, do whatever. He, no, he's watching them. He's caring for them. He's feeding them, making sure they have good nourishment. And he's also leading them. And we're to follow the Lord's leadership. Jesus is our Savior, but he's the shepherd of our soul. He leads us. And pastors are not just preachers. They're shepherds that care for the flocks. I've said this a number of times in my life about churches, churches that I've had personal experience with, that I think sometimes what they're looking for is not really a pastor. They're just looking for a preacher. They just want somebody to preach the Bible, but they don't want somebody that's going to be leading them and helping them to be accountable and helping them grow in the Lord. But that's a part of what God has for us. So we've looked briefly at this overview of the shepherd-sheep relationship. We've looked at the role of pastors. And now finally, I want to talk a little bit about the characteristics of sheep. I hope it's clear to you today, and maybe it will be more so in the days ahead, how God uses sheep. God uses sheep to describe or to characterize His people, to, to be an illustration of humanity. And both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, congregation of saints are called flocks. Flocks of sheep. Now, I don't know how that sits with you. Uh, the more I understand about sheep, the more I find that that's not really a flattering, <laughs> a flattering uh, illustration. Sheeps have been called the simplest of livestock. That's being very generous. I did have a discussion once, many years ago, with a man who raised sheep. And I went to visit his house, and we were standing out by the corral, and, and I was just talking to him, and talking to him about shepherding, and of sheep, and the, and the characteristics of sheep, and this is what he told me. I'll never forget it. He said, I've had sheep that walked up into the corner of the corral who could not find their way out. 
you think that can't be true. It is true. Now, and you're a sheep, by the way. <laughs> and so am I. And so am I. What I'm saying is he, God's the one that says we need, we, need to see our, we need to see ourselves as sheep. Sheep are not able to defend themselves. Sheep can be cast down, which means they fall on their side or their back and they can't get back up. Sheep are vulnerable to predators. And I, w I wasn't even studying for this message to the, uh, at the time I'm going to share something I saw today. This, this week, I saw a picture. I've never seen anything like this. A picture of an armadillo dragging a sheep. Now, armadillos, y'all didn't really see too many of them many years ago. I didn't bring them up here, but they're definitely coming this way. Kind of like feral hogs. They're just kind of migrating to the north. But imagine an armadillo being able to drag a sheep. And why is that? It's because sheep are so vulnerable. And by the way, the sheep is always vulnerable, but most vulnerable when they get away from the flock. When they're isolated from the flock. And in a sense, it's humbling to be compared to a sheep because they're such a needy creature. They are dependent on the watch care of the shepherd. They're dependent on the protection and guidance of the shepherd. And you know, one of the most important things I think to take away from this is this. All of us, including myself, all of us are needy people. All of us need guidance. All of us need protection. All of us need God's help and nourishment. And if a lamb is not getting the nourishment it needs, if it's not being fed, that's one of the reasons why I'm one of the If you go to talk to a spiritual leader, it doesn't have to be a pastor, but you go to talk to a spiritual leader, one of the first questions they're usually going to ask you is, how much have you been in the Word of God? You know why? Because that's what feeds us. It's the Word of God. It's and you can't grow if you're not getting into the Word of God. And our culture, I believe our culture, in, in sort of influences us to be self-sufficient, to be isolated, to feel like we can manage on our own. It's part of our human nature to want to be in control of ourselves, control of our decisions. But you know what God wants? God wants us to be dependent upon Him. And God wants us to be interdependent on each other. To be accountable to others. We're, we're like sheep in a flock. We are like sheep. We need feeding. We need leading. Now that's kind of a, a silly but true illustration about a, a lamb getting in the corner and can't find his way out. But you know what? There are a lot of people that have found themselves in a bad place and can't find their way out. But I'm telling you, God knows the way out. We need leadership. We need God's protection. To be a follower of Jesus is not about being in control and being self-sufficient. To be a follower of Jesus means we're accepting our own weaknesses and our need for a good shepherd. I just want to encourage you as you think about this relationship, to think about it not just this morning, but to think about it in the days to come, to see ourselves as sheep desperately in need of our shepherd.
and desperately need in our churches of leadership and guidance from others. You know, I've, I've been pastor of this church for over 40 years. And I've not been the kind of pastor that insists on being involved in every decision that a church member makes. But I'll tell you this, and by the way, over the course of 40, 40 years, there's no telling how many hundreds of times people have asked my advice about something. You know, what about, should I do about this? Would you pray about this? What would you think about this? And I try to give them the best advice I can. But unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people who've made big decisions who never sought the advice. You say, well, you do, are you just trying to run people's lives? No, we're not the Lord over God's heritage. But I'm telling you, we're sheep, and sheep need direction. They need counsel. They need guidance. And uh, so if, if, you know, if we look at the Bible, and I'm going to kind of wrap this up here in a moment with this. If you look at the Bible, there's, some, there's a phrase, two words together, that you find often in the Bible, and it's talking about sheep that are lost, you know, the psalmist wrote this. Think about these words in Psalm 119. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I've gone astray like a sheep that is lost. That, that very familiar, famous uh, picture of lost humanity in Isaiah 53. All we like sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now that's a powerful verse of scripture. When a sheep turns to his own way, he's going astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to his own way. We read about lost sheep in many verses of the New Testament. Jesus, Jesus said this, we quoted it earlier uh, from, the, from the book of Numbers, that Jesus saw people as sheep having no shepherd. You know, when we look at people, we, we sometimes see their need. We sometimes see that they're going the wrong direction. But Jesus saw them like sheep without a shepherd. And that's not a good place to be. It's to be lost. People need a shepherd. People need to be near the shepherd. And Jesus is the chief shepherd. That Psalm 23, we'll look at that in another message. I think, but what a great statement. The first part, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that a good thing to be able to say? The Lord is my shepherd. I'm one of his sheep. He's watching over me. He's protecting me. He's leading me. He's feeding me. The Lord is my shepherd. By the way, in that passage in John 10, Jesus said this, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And he contrasts the good shepherd with a hireling. A hireling is a person that just has a job. The good shepherd sacrifices for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. I want to ask you this today before I close. Is he your shepherd? Do you know that Jesus Christ is a part of your life? Are you one of his sheep? And you might say, well, I just kind of think everybody's a child of God. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. Every, every person is a human of great worth and value, but people are not children of God until they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and they're born into his family. Are you one of his sheep? Do you have that peace of knowing that the Lord is my shepherd?
that I'll never, I'm never out of his sight, that he cares deeply for me, he's providing for me, he's going to give me the direction and protection that I need. If not, I've got good news today. He wants to be your shepherd. He is our creator, but he wants to be your shepherd. He is our Lord in the sense that he is king of kings and lord of lords, but he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to have a personal relationship. That passage in John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, they recognize my voice, and they follow me. And I'm telling you today, God wants to have a real personal relationship with every one of us. You say, well, how do I have that? It's not, we had a great lesson about this this morning in the Sunday school hour. It's not by our, our good works. It's not by anything we can do. It's by our faith in Jesus Christ. We come, we come to God as, with a repentant heart because we know we've sinned against Him, but he, His Son died for us that we could be forgiven, that we could be, that we could be cleansed, that we could be a part of the family of God, that we could have His righteousness imputed upon us. And if you're not saved today, you ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to come to Jesus Christ. You say, well, I want to, I want to know more about that. Well, our church has, has a lot of tools, resources to help people. And you may be here today and say, I'm, I'm ready today. I want, to, I want to turn my life over to Christ. And in just a moment, you ought to come and let somebody pray with you and talk to you about that. It'll be the greatest decision you've ever made.